All right, lads and lasses, and good day, mates. Welcome to another episode of the Tune Under Podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's number one podcast for all things Newcastle United. Uh, today, we're going to attempt to polish the turd that was the game against Bournemouth, which finished 1 1 at the Vitality, Vitality, Vitality Stadium. Um, awful, awful game. We'll get to the details soon before we do. Uh, if you're watching this, please. Hulk that like button on the YouTube for us, please. It does really make a difference. Uh, so quick hellos first to the boys joining me for this one. It is Craig. How are you going, mate? I'm all right. I'm uh sweating like now, else just like you are, mate. Uh, this Queensland summer has been a bit of a warm one this year, hasn't it? Oh, I know it's uh, it was 39 down here in Brizzy, 39 degrees, mate. Sweating me nuts off. And Jackie, you've just been seeing you. You uh, you hid inside in the aircon, didn't you? Yeah, we it, was, it was ridiculous today. It was so hot. Um, I went outside to hand some washing up, and yeah, I lasted about thirty seconds and came back <laughs> in the aircon. <laughs> it's it's stupid yeah, complaining man. about the heat, but it was absolutely. Uh, it was one of the hottest days I think I've had here in five years. So it was full on. Yeah, yeah, it was a sweaty one. It wasn't too cold yesterday either. Um, gotta love it though. Um, yeah, so. Newcastle against Bournemouth down at the Vitality Stadium. Uh, how Tyndall and Jones all have connections to uh, to the old stomping ground. And, of course, there's Ryan Fraser and Matt Ritchie who are in the squad. We'll get them in a second. Um, let's get up the teams, first of all, for the home side. It was Bournemouth starting with Neto, Stevens, Lerma, Solanke, uh, Smith, Traore, Senisi, uh, Billing, Anthony and uh, Zimura and thanks to Bournemouth for a team that is almost pronounceable for me and moving on to the Mighty Mags, uh, it was Nick Pope, Kieran Trippier, Fabian Shaw, Sven Botman, Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, Joe Linton, Mickey Armoron, ASM and Big Dog Isaac who was pictured earlier in the day walking a big dog. Um, <laughs> Unless anyone has anything particularly to say about the Bournemouth team, let's just concentrate on the Newcastle one. Um, the most obvious, I suppose, um, missing person from this one, Craig, was a certain striker. Hi, Callum Wilson. I don't think anyone expected that he picked up a, a knocking injury, I think Eddie said. Um, and he could be out for the next few games. Tell you what, we missed him, to be honest. I didn't think we would with uh, Isak being the type of player he is, but uh, he was definitely missed uh, up at the top of the park uh, this morning, to be honest. Um, don't know how long he's going to be out for, what the injury is. Probably going to be muscular on him. Um, but yeah, it was a surprise, but Isak is more than capable of filling that role. Though. Well, you say that. Um, Jackie, um, there was a bit of a discussion about who we should start with here down the wing, in particular ASM or maybe it's Gordon. Uh, it went, uh, Eddie went with the ASM. Uh, which is probably the more likely option. Um, started Isaac in the absence of um, Wilson. Um, did you did you feel that that was going to be an okay starting lineup up top? I mean, the back pretty much hasn't changed, but up top, did you think we were going to be all right? I thought we were going to be fine. Yeah, I think lots of people have been clamouring for Saint Maximin and Isaac to start together for weeks. So um, it's quite ironic that there's a lot of a lot of calls for that, and then they play and it's probably one of the worst performances the team's put in this season. <laughs> uh, it's just the way it goes sometimes. But I think Eddie made it clear that Maxi was going to get a run and I think that's good. He needs to he needs to get a run in his legs. And I've been keen to see Isak for weeks. Wilson hasn't quite been at it. So um yeah, it was quite an exciting lineup, I think. The the attack to see what, what could happen didn't quite turn out like that. But on paper it looked pretty good. 
Yeah, once again, another Clark Kent Superman situation where you never see Wilson and Isaac together in the same <laughs> team at the same time. Just keep on happening, doesn't it? Uh, just want to touch on the subs bench as well. We had Dubravka uh, and Dummett, Gordon, Richie, Lewis, Fraser, Murphy, Anderson, and Lewis Miley. That is looking pretty th threadbare, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, there's like six left backs on there. So uh, two of them, which <laughs> never play. Uh, but yeah, like the fact that Lewis Miley and again, how name checked him in his press conference. So he's obviously mm. very highly rated. He's only 17. Um, so the fact he was on the bench and Anderson, yeah, like you look at it and there's not much to come off there, not much experience. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it kind of is what it is at the moment with the, with the squad situation as it is. And we know that, you know, moving forward from next season, the bench isn't, isn't going to look that weak at all. No, yeah, and and Craig, um, we picked up some injuries in this game. We'll get to that in a bit, but um, it just makes that signing of Gordon uh, all the more essential, uh, uh, you know, before the window shut, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, if we hadn't have picked him up, uh, albeit we had to pay the full forty million up front, uh, that would have been a very, very weak, inexperienced or aging bench, uh, whichever way you look at it. Um, and it'd be a case of who do you turn to and just pray for. Uh, a bit of divine luck, and hopefully something swings our way. Because there's not much in terms of creativity on there. Yeah, I think at this rate, Lewis Miley is going to be bloody starting. Um, anyway, <laughs> so moving on to the game itself. First 20 minutes. Um, I'll come to you in a minute on this one, Jack. First 20 minutes, uh, Bournemouth sat pretty deep, let Newcastle uh, control most of the ball. Uh, lots and lots of possession for Newcastle um, without really doing much with it. Uh, and Jack, you've said... You said quite a lot of times, certainly on the chat anyway, that um, Newcastle really struggled to, to kind of break down these sorts of teams. Um, however, yeah. in my opinion, it's not like they just parked the bus either. I mean, all right, there was a lot of that in the first 20. Um, but, you know, you got to remember, they actually drew that save from Pope. So they were pushing, mm. uh, even in this 20 minutes, they were pushing against us as well. And this, the, the, they drew that save from Pope. It was a bit of a strange save as well. It was almost like he sort of didn't quite expect what was happening because it wasn't like a thunder bastard or anything. And he sort of flapped a little bit. Um, but how would you, Jack, sum up that first period of time where it was all us, but like once again we just we you know we just came up against a brick wall. Yeah, and Eddie had, again, Eddie had said that uh, the first twenty minutes were going to be really important. Um, he knows that ground well. He knows the fans well. Um, I, these teams like Palace and Bournemouth, it's just those two teams that seem to be we don't seem to be able to beat them this season. Um, and I don't know. I can't really put my finger on what it is. Like at St. James's Park, they defend deep. They just come and they both come and just park the bus. But at home, they haven't done that. And it's still been difficult for us to kind of get into a rhythm. It was a it was a kind of scrappy start. Not like not much was going on. So I think I don't think anyone, I mean Eddie and their manager will have been quite satisfied with the first 20 minutes. Like the, the teams were kind of feeling each other out. Um but you know it didn't it became apparent quite quick. It wasn't going to be kind of a, a cricket score, which uh, some of us had predicted it might be. I think if we'd have got an early goal, it could have been. But yeah, there's something about Bournemouth this season <laughs> that's uh, difficult. Yeah. It's difficult, and I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. There's always a bogey team, isn't there? Every, every season, there's one particular team who just seems to have sussed you out, and they know mm. exactly how to play against you. Um, but having said that, we didn't. We haven't lost against Bournemouth this season either. They haven't lost against us. But I mean, two points from possible six isn't particularly brilliant. Um, Craig, they came into it around about the twenty-minute mark, um, and it was on the thirtieth minute that they actually get the breakthrough and they score the first goal via uh, Marcus Sanessi. Um, and I mean, it was really just a tap in. 
at the end, wasn't it? Um, so this was from a set piece, uh, a position that you kind of expect us to be a lot better at, uh, given that we've got absolute giants in this team. Um, ball's whipped in, and it's flicked on by a Bournemouth player. It goes all over the top of everyone and falls to the back post. And there's Sinesi with probably the easiest goal in his entire life that he's going to score. Completely unmarked. I've just pulled a slide up on the screen here where um, you can just about see Sinesi at the Sinesi, sorry, at the back stick. And I've done a little call out there. You can see I wanted to draw your attention to just that little white figure who is standing, kind of watching, doing absolutely not. Um, and that person was Isaac. Um, but was that really, Craig? Um, a poor team effort from the heart, from the from the corner there. Should we have done better everywhere there, or are you are you blaming Isaac for that pretty pretty lazy bit of marking at the back stick? Um, we can always do better from uh, set pieces for defending, regardless of how well we do. But uh, that was a uh, lapse in concentration from pretty much the entire back line. But it was just a neat little flick on, and he was in the right place at the right time. And you know, he bought a ticket for the lottery and he won it. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, Isak should have been on him like uh, shit on a stick, but he's not. That's not his uh, natural position or anything. He's not a defender by any stretch. He should be up at the top. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was probably a, a training ground goal. However, there was an element of luck to it as well, and it just caught everyone off by surprise. Yeah, I mean, you say he's not a defender. That's absolutely true, of course. I mean, if you watch the replays, he's actually he's doing all right to start with. He's he's on his man. He's he's got him, and then he kind of just switches off and and ball watches. I think is probably what happens. Yeah. And then Snessy just goes, "Oh, cheers very much." Walters in and just taps it. Uh, Jack, again, you've said before that Isaac isn't a defender, um, but I reckon it's often sometimes those outfield players. Now, Chris Wood was pretty good at defending from set pieces. Mm. Alan Shear, if he go all the way back, was absolutely immense at the post when he was defending. Um, so, what did we need to do better on here uh, on this uh, on the set piece? Um, someone should someone else maybe have been marking Sinesi, or again, well, it's just one of those you, mistakes. You, you talked about the the replay there, where he was he was ball watching basically. He was in a good position, and then he yeah. thought he was looking at the ball. He thought it was going to come to him, and then Solanke, I think it was, got the flick on. By which time he'd stopped. Uh, so it was just ball watching. Like he's not a he's not a natural defender, so he just let him go. You know, it was a lapse in concentration, um, but. The only way teams have been able to score against us recently has been by corners. Um, West Ham did, and then the goal that Harry Kane scored for Spurs as well was from a corner. So the good news is that this can be worked on in the tr on the training ground, um, and it's a kind of a structural thing that we can we can improve on. But yeah, it, we, we face we face a lot of corners each game, but teams are still struggling to sort of break us down from open play, as it were. But this was just a lapse in concentration, I think. Uh, costly one, but yeah, it was a it was just bad defending. Yeah, fair enough. Well, fortunately, it didn't um, didn't seal all three points for the home team because I think this goal really kind of gave everyone a bit of a kick up the arse that they needed. It seemed to be just one of those games that was very sloppy. Not much was happening, um, huffing and puffing, all fart and knee shite, as we say in Newcastle. Um, and I think there was a bit of a kind of realisation that, oh, bloody hell, we are actually playing shit here. Like, you know, they've just went and scored against us. We've had the ball for 20 minutes, almost solid, done now with it. They've had the ball for 10 minutes, scored a goal. Um, it took us to half-time, mind you, just on the mark of half-time. Um, some absolutely lovely play by ASM down the wing, who, frankly, I don't think had done a great deal in this half to this point. Um, he, first of all, manages to somehow, like, slide and stops the ball from going out of, out of touch. 
uh, and then um, runs down the line and squares it to Longy. Uh, lovely square ball as well. Good vision. Uh, Longy is running onto it late, and he takes a shot. Um, probably should have done better because he had he had a fair amount of time to pick his spot. Uh, but the keeper can only spill it. And um, fortunately for us, Miggy on the back stick there, he's running in anticipating something like this. And he scores a goal. Craig, first of all, um, again, that was really nice play from ASM on the two occasions that led up to that goal. It was. Uh, the fact that he's hung and desire to keep that ball in on the touchline is the thing that impressed me the most. Not the the pass, uh, the long staff or anything uh, that hung and desire. Something we haven't seen him for a while. Uh, I'd imagine few games back whenever, maybe not his uh, full fitness a few games back, but that ball would have went out for a throw-in or whatever. But yeah, he definitely earned his uh, keep on that one. Um, Longstaff, yes, he absolutely right. He should have done better with the finish. Uh, he had the power, he just didn't have the accuracy in there. But again, felt of the right person at the right time. And Miggy gets his goal, which gives him 10 league goals for the season. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but is he the first person for Newcastle in the Premier League since Lewick Remy or maybe even further back Demba Bar. If anyone I think, can I think Wilson I think Wilson might have done it. Um or the I think Wilson got double figures but I don't know if that was in the league or like or overall but he's done it once I think got ten in a season for us, I think. It bonkers that's that when you think about it. Mm. But McCartney remember the last person who got ten goals for in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Miggy well the guy who you know yeah. most of us were saying in the summer, uh, Jack again, could Longy have done better with that finish? There's two questions here. Could he have done better? Um, and the commentator he was like, Well, that was a tap in for Miggy, but uh, you said on the, on the chat, and I was pretty much thinking it myself. Um, it wasn't exactly a tap in, was it? I've got it on screen here. He has to very carefully pick his spot. Um, what you can't see in this screenshot here is that, as well as beating the keeper, of course. He has to beat the defenders who are coming back and he slides in at the last second. There's two of them, actually. Uh, one of them gets very close to stopping it, but he manages to get it in. But, yeah, so could Longy have done any better? And, I mean, let's put some uh, let's put some shine on that finish from Miggy. It was, a, it was a good finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Longstaff, I think, just went for power and he drew a good save. So, um, it was, you know, the accuracy could have been better, but it would have been a really good goal if he managed to get it in from there. I don't understand. NUFC.com match report said that this that Miggy just had to put it into an unguarded net, which he quite no, obviously clearly so. didn't. <laughs> no, uh, but the keeper's right there. Yeah, the, the, David Prutton was on co-commentary, and he said he he said that that was actually he made that look easier than what it was because he had to mm. he had to readjust his feet and he had to really get it in the corner, and it, it was pretty much the only place he could have put it. So I think that was a that was. That was a confident Miggy that scored that. You know, he could have took another touch. He could have dallied around with it, but he didn't. He, he picked his spot and he put it right in the corner. And it was a really good finish. And we really needed it because we had been really bad. Like, you know, I'm, everyone who listens to this knows that I'm a very positive supporter at the moment, but we had been <laughs> appalling in this game. Uh, this was probably the worst half we'd had since we last played Bournemouth. So um, I was, yeah, I was really unhappy with the way that things have been going. I think we kind of got out of jail there with that goal at, uh, um, just before half-time. Yeah, it was the worst half until the second half, I would say. Um, <laughs> so that was half-time. Basically, we go in 1-1, and I suppose that changes the conversations that Eddie Howe was planning on having. Um, Miggy, as you say, Craig, on 10 goals for the season, clear leading scorer as well, which is quite impressive. He's having a hell of a season. Um, hopefully, this will be the start for another run for Miggy because he was flying before the World Cup. Um, should also point out that Willock went off with an injury. Um, just before he did that, he went down and he got some heavy strapping on his thigh. Um, I don't know if, 
does anybody know if that was maybe a reoccurrence of something that happened previously, uh, or is it a hamstring? Does anyone does anyone hurt anything or or anything like that from what happened there? Well, out of theory that he's been playing with a knock for a while, to be honest, because he's been getting subbed a little bit earlier than normal, and he seems to be getting fatigued a lot easier in games. So I think he has been playing with a knock, and I think maybe that's just aggravated a point where he couldn't continue. Hmm. I don't yeah, think so. We'll have to see. Yeah, I don't think how said. I don't think it's it's apparent yet what what the injuries what the injury is. But yeah, it was pretty heavily strapped. So he's just played so much football. They all have the midfielders. So it's yeah, not surprises yeah. some wear and tear there. No, absolutely. Um, and in his place came Gordon, which um, I was happy to see because I've been keen to watch how he gets on. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game actually. Um, Craig, you think? We go into half time, haven't just equalized right at the death there. That Eddie would have us coming out flying, flying out the traps in the second half. But again, it was Bournemouth who had the first real chance and they did it pretty soon after the half started as well in the second half. The flash one right across the goal. I think that formation had remained the same. But what were you expecting to see early doors out of the second half here? I was expecting to see 11 men in uh, Bournemouth half in uh, red and black jerseys, to be honest. I think they would have settled for the point from the moment that a uh, first whistle blew in the second half. But now they came out all guns blazing. Uh, they could sense that there were um, like uh, blood in the water for a shock. You know, they could see the the three points was on. We were far from our best, as we've already said. We were shaky in our short passing. Our long passing was well off, and a lot of hoof balls in this game as well, which is just not like us lately at all. I don't understand that. Uh, the hoofball kind of stopped when uh, Willock went off. Gordon came on, started getting it to the feet a bit more, and then it just uh, rinse and repeat, and it just didn't work at all. But I Bournemouth, they could smell the blood. They went for uh, the jugular, and they were certainly the more dominant and a threatened team within that first 15, 20 minutes in the second half, if not wanted, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, um, they, are, they are the home team, after all, so you kind of expect that they'll come out with uh, a bit of fire in the bellies, Jack. Um you just said the first half was one of the worst you've seen. Christ, this second yeah. half for me was was probably the worst I think I've ever seen, and it was it was because of both teams really. There was lots of sloppy passing from everyone, uh, but what really got me me back up was all this diving to the floor. There were so many people just dropping to the floor under any slight touch. Um, there was no flow as a result of that. Um, and I've got one in my head where Longstaff went down. He was like, Aah! you could hear the yelp. And he's rolling around outside their box and the referee just peers on and he looks up and goes, oh, all right, and gets mm. up and starts running around again like nothing happened. It does my tits absolutely when I see people do that, especially in good positions. Um, but how much of all this sloppy passing and um, huffing and puffing and dropping to the floor and all that was uh, Newcastle just being a bit off the boil lately? I mean, this is this is our fifth game. We've only won one in the five um, versus mm. Bournemouth playing better than we thought, breaking up the game constantly. And preventing us from any, getting any kind of real rhythm going. Yeah, I think um, I think that is to do with it. I think the Bournemouth game, this game, and then the West Ham game. Most of that we haven't been at our previous levels. We haven't been playing particularly well. Um, so I, it's hard when the game gets into like a, a pattern of kind of fouls and you just can't get into the rhythm. Like it felt like that in the first yeah. half, and that continued into the second half. You just—it's hard to get any kind of um, rhythm going, and that's what happened. Like it suited Bournemouth better than us. Uh, it, it do, felt... do, do you think that was tactical? Do you think that was tactical from Bournemouth? 
Possibly, yeah. They, I mean, they, I think they had two or three people go down and took the time, but you know, we can't complain about that. The amount we no. do it, like you just <laughs> said. So it did feel after about 60, 65 minutes that things were turning a little bit for us. And Maxi started getting on the ball and um, he looked like he might make something happen. And I started feeling confident we were going to, that our quality was going to come through. But that's not how it went in the end. And they, yeah, like I said, they had the better chances in the second half. They did. Um, so the second half, yeah, just basically laboured on, didn't it? It was becoming a bit of a chore to watch. I mean, you got to remember, we're all up at 3.30 in the morning here in Queensland watching this <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I was, I'm lying in bed. They've got the band kicking us in the back and stuff. And I'm thinking, why am I, what am I doing here? This is going to ruin my day, this. And it almost did uh, because, you know, as much as the game just kind of dragged on, the draw was starting to look more likely outcome. We almost nearly succumbed to a defeat, Um Right at the death, it was very close to the death anyway. Uh, and it came from a Solanke back heel, um, where he back heels the ball towards an open goal. I don't think Nick Pope was anywhere near it. Um, fortunately for us, thank Christ, we had Kieran Trippier right on the line to uh calmly I say calmly, he might have he might have had his heart in his mouth, but the way he, the way he handled it, he calmly took one touch to uh, control the ball, make sure it didn't go too far back, and then took another touch to get under his spell, and then he hooked it off with throwing. And all the Bournemouth players are going, ah, oh, referee, it's in, it's in, it's in. The referee's like looking at his watch going, no, 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 it's not, mm. no, it's not. Um, Craig, this opportunity actually came from uh, some really, again, just some really sloppy player from Newcastle, wasn't it? I mean, first of all, it came from Pope, who I think fell asleep halfway through kicking the ball out to Dan Byrne. <laughs> Dan Byrne, who was... Facing the wrong direction, thinks he's got loads of time, hasn't got a call or anything like that. He turns around and here's a Bournemouth player bearing down on top of him and he nicks the ball straight off his toes. And Dan Byrne kind of, just for a moment there, he stands there and goes, oh, and just waves his hand like up the pitch to the rest of the team. Like, how are you dickheads? Give us a shout or something. Even though it should have been Nick Pope, really. Um, and then he tries to make amends and he can't get anywhere near it. Nick, uh, Dan Byrne's not very fast. Um yeah, and the ball ends up going straight across the middle, and it's almost um, almost a goal. Um, um, you didn't enjoy Dan Burns. It's hard to kind of blame Dan Burns for this, but you didn't enjoy Dan Burns' performance today, did you? I didn't. No, nah. I thought that was his worst performance. I was going to say black and white shirt, but obviously it's uh, the Saudi kit. Um, but I was, yeah, it was a terrible performance. That that wasn't his worst. Uh, overall part of the game because partially that wasn't his fault. I just think he just had a, a very sloppy passy game. There was there was one point where he did, he had a perfectly straightforward, simple forward pass, and he just puts it out to touch. And Max is like, "Come on, I mean, just get it on target, get it to my feet, make it simple, make it easy." And it's those little mistakes that he's making, which is going to cost him his position in the squad. Now, Matty Target is coming back to full fitness. And Jack, I know you've mentioned this a few times now, that ASM will benefit uh, from a more attacking uh, pullback. And I just don't think they've got a great partnership going forward, them two. Uh, I think uh, they're both unreliable on each other. And it's costing mistakes, both going forward and backwards. Uh, Dan Byrne, as we know, he's not a natural left-back by position. But that ball that was played out. He was in a more central position rather than being pretty much on the touchline. Uh, but I, I don't know. He's just, he's gone off the boil, but he's not the only player that has, but he's probably went off more than anybody else. I don't know what everybody else's opinion is on that. I just think he's went downhill over the last three, four, maybe five games. 
I, I, I sort of think the whole team has now, and I, I kind of worry that it's because of the cup game. I kind of worry that it's it's a bit of a distraction. I mean, it's mentioned almost every time Newcastle's mentioned now by anyone um, that we're in a cup final, and, and I feel like. And this could be completely wrong. I mean, it probably is. What do I know? But it feels like they're all sort of, they've got that in their heads. They're all kind of thinking about it and they're not really concentrating on the here and now. And you'd, you'd think that Eddie Howe would beat that out of them. But I don't know. Um, it just feels a little bit like it's starting to become a bit of a distraction. Um, perhaps we need to get that game out of the way and then we can concentrate properly on, you know, the rest of the season. Um, I wonder how we'll do that if we end up losing that final. Um, let's not get too negative. We're going to win. Obviously, we're going to win. Um, but if we don't... Uh, you know, I do wonder how the rest of the season's going to go. Um, Jack, that was almost a, uh, that was almost a proper sick now at the end there, almost a kick in the balls. Um, but could, could you have complained if they had went and nicked it after you know that game? Um, I think they, on the balance of play, they could have they could have won, but I don't think it was an obvious sort of that they were the better team. I, I just don't think I don't think either team really deserved to win, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, like just talking about Burn, that was probably his worst performance for us. So. Um, we just, yeah, it's. I think the cup final is there in the subconscious, even if, even if the they're not, even if Eddie's saying on the training ground all the time, we're not, we're not thinking about the cup final. Like I heard a, a, a Kieran Trippier was on a podcast with Rio Ferdinand, and he was talking about the cup final. He was talking about Mark and Marcus yeah. Rashford. Um, so I, I was thinking when I was listening to that, Eddie won't like that if he hears that because he just wants us to concentrate on the next game. So it's just human nature. You can't. Yeah, everyone's excited about it. It's all over the city. It's all over everywhere, you know. Um, so to be to be not playing well and drawing games is obviously better than losing them still. So even even when we've got bad performances going in, uh, which the last I think the last two games have been, um, I think it's still good that we're not we're not losing these games. Yeah, and it's it's better to get the bad games out now before you get to that final as well, isn't it? Um... We'd be lucky to get a full 11 out at this rate. Um, we'll come to the injuries in a minute. But um, I just want to say as well, VAR was actually involved in checking that line. Goal, sorry, that goal line clearance, um, which is weird because they've got the actual goal line technology. Um, mm. But I think I remember recently there was an incident where the ball did go over the line, but the Hawkeye system, whatever it's called, didn't give it and it wasn't given. So I do kind of wonder if maybe they just decided, look, We've got VAR. Let's just bloody check it. It takes five seconds kind of thing, you know? Um, I was just sitting there thinking, oh, God, they're going to rule it in, aren't they? VAR's going to do us, <laughs> do us over again. Like Arsenal VAR's had an absolute shambles this weekend as well. And at the game. Again. I wouldn't have been surprised. Oh, <laughs> imagine imagine the Arsenal fans, right, you know, trying to win the league here and, and, and the guy comes out and says, I forgot to draw the line on the offside call. What the, how do you forget the draw? That's a key component of what you're doing in front of the computer, you weirdo. You'd be just... my rage and money of Arsenal lose the title now. They've dropped, so they lost against Everton. They've dropped points against Brentford. Man City, you know, they're in a whole world of shit uh, in the media. But, you know, if they can turn that into a positive in the team and get a run on, Arsenal's arse could be starting to flap very shortly because um, they've still got to play Man City as well. So that'll yeah, be well... interesting next few games. They deserve to lose against Everton. I'll say that though. They were bloody awful that game. Um, so anyway, full time, one one. Um, kind of happy that full time whistle went because it was just killing me watching that rubbish. Um, how many games is this now that we've unbeaten? Though I think it's I've got I've written down 18, but I think I'm just guessing at that. Is it something it's like 17? 17. 17. 17. Ah, oh, damn, damn you, mind 17 games. So that is still a pretty good thing. I'm trying to pull the positives out of this. Um, and we are also unbeaten in eight Premier League away games, which is getting close to a record. It's not quite a record yet, but it's getting there. Um, 
And as you say, Jack, rotten performance, didn't lose. That's a plus. Uh, some of the injuries, Miggy, he goes off late with um, what looked like a, a sore wrist, perhaps. I think he got trod on as he went down under challenge. And I think the guy kind of ran past him and stood on his wrist. Probably quite painful, but hopefully that's not too bad. Um, and we need to point out as well that ASM went off um, with possibly a knee injury. I don't know if this has been mentioned yet at all. I haven't seen anything. Uh, it was fairly innocuous looking situation as well. He just kind of went down under a challenge. He landed all right from what I could see. Uh, and then somehow he's broken jacket. I mean, you've said before that um, he's just made a glass, isn't he? He's, you know, he just gets just, his just very, just, Yeah. Yeah. Just, but just briefly, do you think he's got a long-term future at the club? I don't want to go into this because we've talked about a thousand times already, but like, is this just another example of why he may not have a future at this club? He, he, he just gets niggles. He seems to get niggles in almost every game and he ends up hobble, hobbling around and limping around. So, I don't think that's going to be a main reason if we do sell him. I think there'll be it'll be the whole um, everything will be taken into account. Um, but it's just when, he, like I said before, he just started to play pretty well, and he started to. I think I felt like things were turning a little bit towards us, and he was the one who was. If anyone was going to make something happen, it was probably going to be Maxi. So it was just disappointing at that time for him and for us to see him go off because he looked like he was going to complete his first ninety in God knows how long. Yeah, yeah, true. So that's that's Willock, Miggy, and ASM that we need to keep our eye on for the next game. Um, should be an interesting start and selection that for against uh, Liverpool. Um, I imagine Gordon might be a bit fired up for that one. It just occurred to me like if Gordon starts, he'll be raring to go for that one um, against Liverpool at St James's Park. Let's have a look at some of the stats. Uh, 67% possession to Newcastle to Bournemouth's 33. We had a 15 shots to their 11 and 7 on target to their 5. So I suppose from the shot side of things, it's more or less the same. Six corners to their four, ten fouls to their eight. I find it hard to believe we gave away more fouls than they did. Um, but those are the stats. Um, only one that really matters is that it was 1-1. One, one. Um, Big Joe picked up a ninth yellow card for a needless foul, really. I don't even know why he was doing it. Um, probably born out of a bit of frustration. Um, he's now one away from a two-match suspension, which is brilliant. That's just what we need. Someone else not playing. Um, <laughs> Jack... If Joe is suspended, he is not going to miss the cup final, is he? You know the expert on this no. particular thing. Yeah, no, no, because everyone was getting worried about that. But if he gets a red card against Liverpool, then he, he'll miss the cup final. If he gets injured, obviously he'll miss it. Uh, but if he gets yeah. a yellow, he'll be banned for two Premier League games. So he's not going to miss the final, which I think if he misses the final, that's going to be a huge, a huge blow for us. God, I... Oh. God, absolutely. Imagine getting Bruno back and not Big Joe to compliment each other. That'll be a kick in the balls as well. Uh, Jack, I'll stick with you as well. I'll just get your assessment of the contributions of ASM and Isaac. Um, Isaac, big dog, making his first start in about five months, apparently. Well, what did you think of those two guys and anyone else who played, like perhaps uh, Anderson? Um, ASM was pretty good. I, th I felt like he was our biggest threat. He had a big, big part in the goal. It was a hard game for him because there wasn't that much space for him, um, but that's what's going to happen when you play against teams like this. There's not going to be much space there. Not like when you get played against Man City uh, in that, that game where he, he ran them ragged. Um, Isak had a poor game, uh, which was disappointing. Um, he did start the Chef Wedge game in the Cup, but that, that game was obviously a bit of a write-off for us in the end. Um, but he's looked good when he's come on off the bench, but he's coming off a long injury layoff. Um, he's going to take time to get used to playing with his teammates as well. So it's nothing to be too concerned about. It's good 
good for him to get minutes in the legs. Um, and he'll, his understanding is going to improve the more the more he plays. And we're going to need him a lot between now and the end of the season because, like I said, Wilson had another one of those weird injuries that came out of nowhere and wasn't even in the squad. That's happened a few times this season. Um, yeah. So Isaac was a bit disappointing, but you know what? You know you're not going to you're not going to be too harsh on him for those reasons. Um, and then Anderson got his seven, six or seven minutes. I always think he looks good. He, he looks, mm-hmm. he shows for the ball, and he's really interested. He wants it. Uh, I'm be really keen to see how he goes in a in a Premier League game where he's got the whole team around him, unlike against Chef Word where there was all those changes. Because I think he's got a lot of talent, uh, and it'll be good to see him more as the will be seeing him more as the season goes on. Because, uh, like I said, the the midfield's looking a bit light, so I think we'll we'll see him start a few games as well. And Craig, anything to add to, to what Jack's just said about those guys and maybe what did you think about uh, Anthony Gordon as well? Yeah, uh, he had a few little flurries of decent passes and everything, but he did draw a stupid yellow card as well, uh, where he just ran into the back of the uh, the Bournemouth player when there was no need to do so. And that was one of the criticisms from the Everton fans when uh, we asked that question a few weeks ago. Is he get he picks up stupid bookings? He's on eight for the season now, so he's only two away from a two match suspension. Oh, God, um, so Jeez. yeah, he, I know he he's young, he's still learning his game and everything, and hopefully that's something that can be coached to him. Um, but that was the only downside. He didn't do anything bad, anything major or anything, but he didn't do anything superb like he did against West Ham with that through ball either. Seeing that though, he did actually have that chance when the ball bobbled in front of uh, the keeper. Him and Longstaff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No idea how that didn't go in, by the way. Um, defending. It's good defending by the Bournemouth guy when uh, Gordon pulled the trigger. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually see the replay of it, uh, to be honest, but I've just seen... Uh, I wouldn't even get a corner for it either, I don't think, went for a goal kick. Um, but yeah, uh, that was his one major contribution. But yeah, that yellow card was just stupid and not needed because, again, we can't afford to lose him for a suspension or two in a few weeks' time. I think with Gordon, the way it's the way he plays. Like he's he's eager to impress, obviously, but he's just yeah. chasing all the time and he's running after people and he's really quick. So I think he just gets over enthusiastic and he he just he just gets catches people, you know. Like I think I don't know if like it's part. It's just the way he plays. Like he's a he's a high energy press pressing kind of player. So yeah. he probably is going to pick these bookings up when he just sort of get clatters into people. <laughs> Whether he'll be able to. Be a bit more smart about when he when he presses and how he how he tackles. Um, but at least it's not for descent or something stupid or for diving, you know. Uh, which you uh, probably yeah. will get booked for diving for us <laughs> at some point soon. Um, yeah, that's just around the corner. But it's the way, yeah. It's like it's his it's his high energy sort of high octane style. And it was interesting that Eddie said that he'd played Gordon in like a free role in the attacking midfield. Uh, and like so, I think Joe and uh, Longstaff ended up sit, sitting deep, and then. Gordon had the free role. So that's another reason why they've brought him in. He's so versatile. He can play out wide or he can play in that free role in the centre as well. So that's a big a big reason why we brought him in, I think. So it was pretty good, pretty good from him. And I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll get to the man of the match in a minute because I think I've already given it away. Gordon actually was my man of the match. But um, how said that after the game that we weren't far off our levels, I guess he means there, it means there but something was missing. Um, I suspect that certain something so is a particular... I've said that wrong. wrong. I suspect that something is a certain Brazilian magician missing in the midfield. Craig, you've got a little stat um, regarding Bruno, haven't you? I have indeed. So let's talk about Bruno as uh, the saying goes. 
Uh, obviously, he's been suspended due to that red card he picked up in uh, the League Cup um, semi-final. So, with Bruno this season, we have played 17 games. We've won 10, drawn 7, lost none. Without Bruno, we've played 5, won none, lost 1, drawn mm. 4. Yeah. So, it's a hell of a stat. And he is probably by far, and that stat just shows it, our most influential player by far. It's it's incredible yeah. the influence he has on the players around him. I think we, really we did is. pretty well without Bruno when he was injured last time. I actually thought we did all right, but um, I guess that would might have been in the middle of a fairly decent run for the whole team anyway. So maybe that kind of covered up the importance of um, Gumeris in the middle of the pitch. Um, all right, man, the match. Yeah, I'm going to say Golden. Um, I just loved his energy. I loved, uh, you know, he was always looking for an out. He was uh, getting in some good positions. Um and yeah, he, he kind of pops up all over the place. So I think um, I think he's brought a certain amount of spark that the team is perhaps missing a little bit in the second half of the season. And um, and with the likes of Bruno getting suspended and Joe two cards away, it's it's just so essential that we have someone like him to slot in. He's got lots of Premier League experience. Doesn't need any warming up. He's he's ready to go. Just needs a bit of training in the house system. Uh, Jack, who were you picking for your man of the match? I was thinking about this earlier and it was quite difficult. <laughs> I was finding it hard to pick someone. I think <laughs> probably Trippier because uh, of his clearance, but he was probably the one defender that played quite well. His delivery wasn't great from corners, which is something we keep Hasn't banging on and on yeah. and on about, yeah. uh, no. the, our lack of threat from, from corners. But yeah, I think Trippier was um, his usual pretty solid self and um, especially compared with even Botman and Shell were a little bit shaky uh, t- today which was a bit unusual for them um, so yeah I'd say Trippier was my match for me Fair enough okay. Craig I guess you're going to go for Dan Byrne uh, Funny enough no hmm. <laughs> um, Sean Longstaff for me Really? Uh, do you think he, he had a, a good all round game he obviously played a part in the build up of the goal albeit his shot didn't go in but if he didn't take the shot uh, Miggy wouldn't have got the uh, the rebound. Um, he was fairly consistent or more consistent than the other players around him. Big Joe was wasteful in midfield. Uh, Maxi went off too early to be given the man of the match award, I reckon. Uh, same with Willock. Um, but yeah, I think Longstaff deserves it just. Otherwise, it would have been Trippier, just like what Jack said. All right, no consensus from the lads. What a surprise. What a stinker of a game. Let's have a look at the table as it stands after that. It's Arsenal top 51, played 21 games. Man City played 21 and they're on 45 points. Man United have now secured that third place, 22 games played on 43. Newcastle in fourth, played 22 games as well, but on 41 points. Uh, then you've got Spurs in fifth on 39. Brighton on 35 in sixth. Fulham in seventh. Fulham, what a season. Fulham have also in 35 points uh, in seventh place, as I say. And it goes all the way down to Brentford, who are 34, Chelsea on 31, and our next opponents, Liverpool, propping up the top of the table on 29 points, having played 20 games. They do have two games in hand, to be fair. Um, Jack, I'm thinking, um, you know, with Arsenal and Brighton having dropped points today, or yesterday rather, and then Spurs suffered that big defeat against Leicester. My opinion is that this was another good chance to um, to really kind of put some distance between us and fifth place in particular, and also to reclaim that third spot. Um, would you? I know you kind of always look on the positive side. Would you? 
mm-hmm. would you say that's necessarily would you go along with what I've just said there? Like it was an opportunity missed essentially is what I'm getting at. Um, or are you thinking maybe that top four is not really a realistic target for us this season anyway? Or are you still thinking top four's on as much as it is even seventh, maybe? I don't know. No, I think what I think what you've said's fair. It was a big opportunity. Um, you know, Bournemouth are 19th in the table and we're we're fourth, we could have gone third. So it was a big opportunity to to um, put some space between us and Spurs. Um, I still think we're in with a good shout of getting in the top four. Uh, we're going to have to obviously start turning some of these draws into wins. Um, and Brighton have been good as well uh, recently. But even though Brighton have been really good, they're still six points behind us. I know they've got a game in hand, but we've got to play them at home. So it just shows you how well we've been doing sort of earlier in the season and how important it is that even if we're not even if we're not winning games, we're not losing. We're still, Steve Bruce, as Steve Bruce said, we're still accumulating points. It's all about accumulation of points. <laughs> so what a genius. If, if you look at the, I mean, the thing that really stands out from the league table there is the, as well as the few goals we've conceded is the draws. And it, I think it's just important to, to sort of reflect that we've actually been here before already this season with these draws. So, after, after the first game of the season against Forest, we, we obviously won that. And then we went six without a win. So And then after that, we went and won eight of the next nine, scoring 24 goals in the in the process. So at the minute, we've gone six games with one win. So we're not even on as, on as bad a run, um, a slump, as we were earlier in the season when we'd only won one game and we were so early in the season. So I think, like, I understand the that we haven't been very good the last two games, whether that's a bit of a cup hangover or a cup pre hangover from the, from the final coming up. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we have kind of been here before already this season. So there's no reason to, to say that I wouldn't be surprised if we went and won eight of the next nine, you know, in the league. Um, I think we're going to start picking, I think we'll beat Liverpool. We're going to start winning, winning games again at some point soon, but we've kind of, I think we were overperforming previously and we're underperforming a little bit now. And I think that the reality is somewhere in the middle. So over the course of the whole season, that's probably going to even itself out. Whether that's good enough for us to get top four probably depends on what Spurs and, and Brighton and Man United do as well, as much as what we do. But yeah, I'm not like I'm as you know, I'm I'm a positive supporter. Like the 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 whole context is still really good. Um, even if the short-term sort of picture is a little bit concerning with these, especially these last two games. But I'm still feeling good. Good man. Craig, do you uh, do you agree with that? And also maybe is there a suggestion that teams, a lot of these teams have kind of sussed out how we play? I don't know if, maybe I'm just imagining it, but I'm not seeing the same press that we we were famous for before the World Cup. I haven't seen it for ages. It's like we where we just belt into people and close them down and force them into mistakes. I'm not seeing that. Are you do you, are, are you seeing the same sort of thing? Do you, do you think teams have also sussed us out, or is it just one of those bumps in the road that Jack has mentioned? I mean, it could be all three, I suppose. Yeah, I was just about to say that it's a bit of an amalgamation of all three of them. Uh, I think the the press will depend on the, the team that we're playing against. Uh, I think that that is a big uh, factor. Um, a lot of teams, especially the lower end of the teams, they're not really going to want to play out from the back uh, because they know that we can uh, be uh, quite devastating with that, that press. But the, the higher teams, more attacking teams, they're the ones that like to play out from the back. So that's where we can be more productive with our press. Um, Liverpool will be a, a good example of that. They will like to play out from the back and try and play it through the middle and uh, try and uh, get us on the counter, whereas we'll 
uh, try and get them on the press and again get them on the counter too. So it's a massive, massive game, a bit of a revenge mission against Liverpool uh, for what happened earlier on in the season with VAR, with that shitty away goal. The crowd will be well up for it. And just like Jack said, I think we'll win that game. Um, don't care if it's a 1-0 scrappy goal in the 93rd minute or the 97th minute with only 95 minutes on the clock. <laughs> um, I would love that to happen again. That would just be poetic justice, wouldn't it? Um, uh, Craig, Craig you, you've, you've, um, you've also mentioned in the chat that Liverpool play a Real Madrid three days after the game against us. We've kind of moved on a little bit from the table, so we're talking about Liverpool right. now. They play Real Madrid three days after the game against us next weekend. Um and you are you are you basically thinking that they might end up concentrating more on that Real Madrid game than they will against us? As in, or, or so to put it another way, do you think they might field a slightly weak, weaker team against us? The only way they're going to qualify for the Champions League this season is if they win it, because I don't think they want to get it off league position. So they have to put a big focus on the Champions League. Mm. Um, they might get top eight, might get top six, but I can't see them getting top four. There's just too much of a, a points gap there already. Unless you want a massive winning streak, it's not going to happen. But then they've got to rely on everybody else losing in front of them, which those teams, you're just not going to do that, not at this stage of the season. Um, so I do think they'll play a weakened team, albeit they've got a fair amount of injuries themselves. So it's not exactly their strongest 11 they're going to be putting out. Far from it. They'll have the likes of Henderson, Milner, uh, Kepia all playing. They're all coming to the end of their careers. Uh, even uh, what's the one who looks like a ninja turtle? I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know how it's going on about. Uh, used to play for Arsenal. Can't remember his Oxley, name. Oxley Chamberlain. Oxley Chamberlain. Ah, he looks like a ninja turtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's coming at the end of his career and everything as well. <laughs> so I think Lee's a bit buckled there. Uh, aye, so <laughs> it'll be a tough game. Uh, it'll never be an easy game against Liverpool, but like I say, we're out for revenge this time, and. I want this for a stat, and I think this is a pretty hefty one. If we can get at least a point against Liverpool, no team can do the double against us this season, and that's never been done for us in the Premiership. Bloody hell! How that's about that for a stat? Incredible, isn't it? That's Great stat. Incredible, yeah. Because well, yeah. they're the only team who's beaten us. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely incredible. And that, that never occurred to me. That's that is that is something. That, that's a good one. That one, Craig. Well done, mate. Well done, uh, Jack. Um, just very quickly, we're not going to do a preview today, but. Um, do you, do you have it? I saw you nodding before there. Do you do you think Liverpool might come out slightly weaker than uh, than they um, might have otherwise? I don't I don't think it matters because they've been shit this season. Like they're, they're really <laughs> half. Like point. like Bright, Brighton hammered them and Brentford hammered them as well. So Klopp uh, seems to be losing it a little bit. This is like unrecognizable from the team that nearly won everything last season. Nearly, but not quite won everything last season. So. I really fancy us more in, in games against teams like this than I do against teams that are going to come and sit deep. I just think the crowd will be up for it. I, I think, yeah, I, I'm confident we're going to be sc score goals in this game. Um, so I'm 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 happier about playing Liverpool than I am about playing. Than I, if it was Palace coming coming again, I wouldn't be confident at all. <laughs> or Bournemouth <laughs> coming to St James's Park, but yeah, yeah with absolutely. Liverpool, I, I really I really fancy us, and I think we'll get that momentum going into the. Cup final, which I'm trying not, still trying not to think about for now. <laughs> but it could be. It's it's almost the perfect. Assuming we'll win, of course. It's almost the perfect game to lead us into that final. Um, but we will talk more about that Liverpool game midweek. We have a preview coming out on Wednesday sometime, perhaps Thursday UK time. So keep your eyes on that one uh, for when it lands in your inbox. But we will leave that there. We've managed to somehow polish this turd for about 48 minutes. That is quite the effort, lads. Well done. 
Um, champagne's all around on that one. Um, as we always say after these kind of games, dust ourselves down and get ready for the next one, um, which is Liverpool, of course, at home next weekend. All right, we will leave that there. If you've enjoyed this show and you've made it this far, congratulations. Thank you very much. Please do give that thank you button, the, the not thank you button, the thumbs up button, a bit of a hulk. And we will see you hopefully for the Liverpool preview. So thank you, Craig, and thank you, Jack. We will see you for the next one. Cheers. See you.